Today on the Tim Miner Podcast Show, we've got Liberty Mills Integrative Nutrition Coach. Integrative Nutrition Coach. What the fuck is an Integrative Nutrition Coach? Yeah, lots of people told me to drop the Integrative, but I said no. Um, Integrative means it's a whole 360. You can, for example, you can eat all the kale in the world, charm, meditate, but if you're not sleeping it's going to have a knock-on effect. If you hate your boss, hate your wife, if you're chain-eating, as I call it, it's not going to work. You have to have everything integrated. Is this all from you getting lupus, this journey? It started a long, 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 long time ago when I was about 19 and I went to Thailand and I started getting into Taoism and fasting and cleansing and drinking clay drinks and juicing Mm. and then it stopped after about three years and then yeah the knock-on effect is not for me why did it stop uh i had a baby had to earn money yeah and get on with life i thought you thought the darkness set in yeah what was the darkness (laughs) Just that hustle. I lived in London. I was a single mom of a two-year-old. Everything else goes aside. Yeah. How did you get back into it then? Um, having everything taken away from me and having lupus. Talk to me about that. Okay. Where do you want to start? Well, t- talk to me about what is lupus to start off with. Okay. It's an autoimmune disease. It's really hard to diagnose. Um, it can take around seven to nine years to get diagnosed. They are diagnosing non-white people a lot quicker because they realize people like me, brown people, are more likely to have it. But it took them, I was diagnosed quite quickly, took them about nine months to diagnose me. What kind of things are you going through when? So I, I couldn't do this, for example, because that light over there would, like the daylight would be burning this part of my skin. So it I could do it. You. Yeah. So my face would start to blister. Like a vampire? Yeah, I'd have to, exactly. Lupin, lupus. Ah. Yeah. So in the olden werewolf. days, yeah, they used to think someone had been bitten by, by a werewolf and they'd got this disease. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's class, isn't it? Well, it's yeah. not, but, yeah, but it is. I like the backstory. <laughs> yeah. What else? Uh, so my, I used to have a huge afro. Like that, yeah. And it just started coming out. In clumps. So I was bald here. How old were you when this... 30. Right. I'd just turned 30. I'd just been to my parents in Spain. Come back and I had this weird rash on my face. And I thought it was because I treated myself to a posh um, SPF. Right. I was like, oh, should have stuck with Nivea. This SPF like, brought me out in this rash. So did the doctor, gave me topical antibiotic. Nothing was working. They even said, oh, go on the sunbed. It might make it better. Obviously, made it worse. Um, I used to have really bad pains in my hips, uh, chronic fatigue, mouth ulcers, um, insomnia. I was sleeping like one and a half to three hours a night. Um, yeah, my periods were all over the place. Um, I couldn't even plait my own daughter's hair. She was what, seven then, couldn't plait her hair. Couldn't get the... Uh, the key in the door, you know, that twist, she'd have to help me. 
And then um, I went to see a locum and she said, a, what? a locum, you know, like standing doctor. Right, okay. Yeah. And she said, are your hips really bad when your face is bad? And I said, yeah. And she said to me, um, do you watch House? And I said, yeah. And she I said, House. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But he always said, it's not lupus. Do you remember? It was a thing. It was a yeah, really joke. Yeah. She said, well, with you, I think it might be. Um, That's how rare it is. Yeah, and well, it's not. It's actually more common than we think. Just it just takes so long for people to be diagnosed. So I went off to the hospital right there and then, and I had nine out of the eleven markers. So what? What? what where's your head at? What are you thinking? Fuck. Do you know what lupus is at that time? No, I just thought it was a thing that no one had on house. Right. Um, they just give you a leaflet, say there's no cure. Here's some drugs, and they give you anti-malaria drugs, which helps to shut down your your body. Because what it is is the body is sort of almost short circuiting, and it doesn't know the difference between good and bad bacteria, so it affect it um, attacks everything. So I had like mini heart attack, like mini like heart palpitation things. It would sometimes just stop. you and your daughter at the time. Yeah, just me and my daughter. My parents lived in Spain. How are you getting through this time? Um, a lot of painkillers. Really? Yeah. So I was on one painkiller and you meant to have no more than four a day. And I was having about 12 a day. Just to get through? Just to get through. A lot of sugar to help me with the energy. Um, and then this, this anti-malaria drug that helps. What were you sugar. doing for work? I was still modelling. Oh, yeah. But they were having to put loads and loads and loads. It was a foundation on me because my skin was just... I used to be a beauty model as well, so my skin was just a mess. It had this thing called the butterfly rash and, and it was getting really dry from the medication as well. And then in the end, I just, I just couldn't really work. And also my hair was falling out, so I wasn't very sellable. Fuck. Crazy that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. How many, I, how many times have you told this story? A few times I went, so in perspective as well, I was losing a lot of weight. So I went, I'm nine and a half stone now. I was nine stone then. And I went down at my worst to five and a quarter stone. Yeah. So it's just like bone. Did you know a way out? No. And I, I sort of took the drugs for a while. And then they put you on this drug called methotrexate, which completely shuts you down. You're only allowed to take, well, I was only allowed to take it so many tablets once a week because it's so impactful and it would I would only take it at night because it made me feel suicidal so take that and then even that stopped working it made you feel suicidal yeah what sort of drug is that yeah well it has a skull and crossbone on the packet and 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 it says if you have a cold cough sore throat do not go to your GP go direct to A&E so you become really, really paranoid. I remember sitting on the train opposite someone and, and they coughed and didn't put their hand over the mouth. And I just lost it at them. Going, you could kill me. You don't understand the drug that I'm on. Do you understand what you've just done to me? Yeah. Where actually, was your mental health at the time? Like, how, how did you? Out of the window. Was it? Yeah. You had no support group around you? My daughter, that was it. Just you and her? Yeah. At the beginning, and then I was ill on and off for, I'd say, what, eight years? So it, it, you go in these things called flares. 
So you can be okay and then you can have a flare where all of a sudden, so you're okay, you get on the tube because I was living in London, six stops in, you'll just get hit and your legs give way and you've got to ask someone to help you off the tube. What the fuck? And then I was in a relationship with someone for about seven years through the end of being ill and then getting better. But it changes your relationships with people as well. Because he ended up being like a carer, which isn't very sexy. That's not sexy, that is it? <laughs> it's not sexy being carried to the toilet so you don't wee the bed because you can't get out of bed. That's fucked that, isn't it? Yeah. And where, where was the light at the end of the tunnel? Um, there wasn't one until... It, so I was diagnosed when my eldest was seven. And when she was 12, she came home and she was putting me to bed, as she did. And she said, Mummy, um, I've been learning about um, mortgages and tracker mortgages and things today. And I really understand it. And I can cook, I can clean. But how, how am I going to pay for all of this, the mortgage and the bills, when you die? Because you're going to die soon. And she just said it really like my and, and she was like, I, I can look after myself, but I don't know how to pay for it. And that's when I was like, someone, someone in this world must have reversed this. And I got every book and I went to every healer and researched everything and I found this one man. And well, actually I went to see a dermatologist to try and get some money to pay to see these healers. And he said, um, he was on Harley Street and he said, uh, I can sort your face out, I can laser it, but it's only going to come back. How about I give you three free treatments for free, he's on Harley Street, but you save your money and the money you were going to give me, you go and see this other man and he will get you better. So I said, why, why do you do that for you? I don't know. You just felt... Kind. Just kindness? Yeah. Mad that, there. Yeah. How much would the treatments have been? Oh, they were like, I don't know, a few hundred pounds each, like 300 quid each. And this guy that he sent you to, what, what was his relationship with that guy? They just worked together on, on like some conference somewhere and he just sent me to him. Who is this guy? He's called Raj Batu and he's amazing. He is a bioenergetic chemist. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> but he do like kinesiology, a new sound therapy, hook you up onto this weird machine that'll tell you what your levels are. I love him. I need Cranial, to do that. Yeah, you would love him. Cranial psychotherapy, all sorts. And he said, you're really sick. So what? tell me the first encounter that you had with him. What? Does this guy give you a number? You've rang him up? Yeah. Is he like proper busy, this guy? Yeah, he is. He usually takes... Now he is, this is, you know, a long time ago. He probably has like three to five months waiting this. But he saw me right away. Because this man said I was really sick. And he, he is why I do what I do now. Because he would always give me the session at the end of the day. So we could run on. And instead of having an hour session, I might be there for three hours. So he saw something new. Yeah, and I'd always be writing things down. And what does this mean? Why am I having this? I, why is this level changed from this? How? What have you given me that stopped my mouth ulcers? 
you know, why am I putting on weight? What worked for me? And we used to, he said, you've got to work back, all the way back. And we went back to, like, even pre-me being born. Like, me being in my mum, you know, what was my mum's pregnancy like? What was her birth like? Um, I was given a TB injection as soon as I was born. You know, what effect did that have on my, on my microbiome? Why was I so sick when I was six years old? You know, all of those things. And it, it taught me a lot. So he's taking you right back to being in the womb. Yeah. That's nuts, that, isn't it? Well, that's where we started life, right? Yeah, but you don't really think like that, do you? No, but it all affects us. And so what is what conclusion did you come to spending that time with him? I have a, a, like a, a cell mutation anyway, so I'm more susceptible to autoimmune diseases. But then the amount of immunizations I had so young. Also, my mum was like, no offense to my mum, but she was a bit of a party girl yeah. while she was pregnant. She was actually in a nightclub the day I was meant to be born. <laughs> so um, I can't imagine her pregnancy was very healthy. So you went back and you talked to your mum about, about it? Yeah. And you went, what was the birth like? What was yeah. the, you know, and Yeah, what really were you emotionally to, right. going through at the time? <clears throat> All of those things. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, even going back to that, I modelled in Japan for, like, a year, the amount of mercury levels because I was eating cheap sushi. All of those things. Uh, loads of mercury fillings in my mouth since I was about, I don't know, eight or nine. All of those things had an effect. So I had to go on a massive detox, replenish, restore. How long were you with Ra Raj for? Oh, gosh. On and off every year. What, is he doing sound healing on you as well and all these things? Everything. He's doing everything. Everything, like every six weeks. And then I'm taking homeopathic medicines. Tell um, me one of his sessions. What would he do in one of his sessions? I'm really interested. I go in. I don't yeah. know what the, the machine's called. You have these, like, two prongs and you hold them. Your viewers will probably know what it is. And it shows your levels. So I'm quite a competitive person. So if he's like, oh, your levels have got to be such, such a number and they're this number, I'm like, what have I got to do for my levels to be that number in six weeks? Right, I'll do it. Yeah. So you kind of set yourself like kind of little goals. Yeah. And what else is he doing? Um, manipulating, like, cranial psychotherapy. So they, they like massage like the skull as well sound therapy with the tuning forks yeah um because i had a lot of self-hate obviously because i hated my body what it was doing but that's not going to help you get better is it no like, i really hated my body did you so much i hated it even though you're a model but it wasn't anymore i was just like this in my head this ugly waste of space mess like I wasn't contributing to anybody. I was just a burden. To everybody? To everybody, that's what I felt, yeah. Were you, were you having suicidal thoughts at the time? No, Or did your my, daughter kept you? My daughter kept me going, but I, I hated my life. Like, everything. I just hated... I just hated... For example, I smashed all the mirrors in the house. Because I didn't want to, so my daughter didn't have a mirror for years. So you didn't know, you didn't want to look back at yourself? I just didn't want to look at myself. I just looked awful, like a freak in my head. 
So when did you start feeling better? Oh, easily like a good two months into it. And what was the thing that made you feel better the most? What was it? I know it sounds really basic, but not having 20 mouthfuls. Because it's easier to talk, it's easier to swallow, like eat. You don't have to have soft foods. And how did the ulcers go? Because he was healing my gut, sort of like it's your mouth. I I was going through one bottle of Listerine, at least sometimes two, those big ones, a week. Because my breath smelled so bad because my gut was bad. What were you eating at the time? What, before or during? Before and during. Okay, so before I was a vegetarian. Yeah. So a lot of, you see a lot of corn. 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 Yeah. Um, tofu, things like that. I was. I used to make all my, um, I don't know, breakfast, usually maybe a bagel or something like that. Um, cream cheese. Lunch. Maybe a sandwich. So that's what you're doing before, so it's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, nothing like, I wasn't, you know, I would yeah, eat, yeah. I wouldn't eat crisps, I'd eat biscuits, I did love a chocolate finger, like, I love those and those little cookies. Yeah, yeah. So it wasn't like, I was, and they would always have a proper meal in the evening, so it but wasn't as if I was... microbiome, hated it. Yeah, um, but then he got me on like bone broth and I was like, I don't even eat meat. What are you making me do? <laughs> but I was like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. Yeah, I'll have I'll do anything to get better. So what's he having you having then? So you basically change most of it through your diet. Um no no no. I think my diet things like having this disgusting magnesium powder I used to make me have every morning, glutamine, um this these homeopathic medicines, the one was called Entotox. Um, high probiotics, megaspore biotics, prebiotics. I used to leave there with a carrier bag full of stuff. And you still have that now? No, not all, no. Depends what's going on in my life. I'll just switch things around. But you're totally aware now of what your body needs. Oh, 100%. You're so in tune to yourself. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And where, where was the point that you're thinking, right, I want to, this is what I want to do in my life. I want to start helping other people with these kind of issues. Um, I used to work in a food, I used to volunteer at a food bank. Hmm. So it got, so going back to being so ill, obviously I couldn't work. I had no money. Um, I couldn't live in my flat as well because it was a first floor flat and I couldn't get up the stairs because the lift wasn't always working. So I had to rent my flat out and move into a ground floor flat and have an assisted apparatus. So my sofa was raised, all of these sort of things. And then I had no money. So I had to go to the food bank to get food for my daughter because lupus wasn't on a disability. It wasn't? List. No, it wasn't then. I think it is now, but it wasn't then. Fuck. Yeah. So You're I was... Right through the mills, aren't you? Yeah, <laughs> mills and yeah, yeah. mills. So um, I always said once I got better and I got back on my feet, I would volunteer twice a week there. And it was just seeing these people, a lot of people were ill or their partners had been ill and then they were carers. And but I was like, how are these people meant to get better? And everyone's donating crap to the food bank. Like, and so I started making recipes that people could make with lentils or spice up their porridge and things like that. And um, Raj always said you should 
go and study this or go and be a doctor. And I was like, I'm way too old to be a doctor. And I asked this girl on Instagram to donate some uh, recipes to the food bank. And me and her got talking on a walk and she said, oh, I really think you should do this course. And loads of my girlfriends said I should go and study it because I was always helping people out or like, oh, my periods are a mess or I've got headaches. And I said, oh, you should try this or look at this or let's look at your tongue or, you know, what's going on in the rest of your life. Let's look at your tongue. Yeah, your tongue shows you a lot of stuff. What do you mean? Like if you've got like a white fairy tongue, unless you've like eaten feta or whatever. Yeah. Um, you might have a bit of candida, a bit of gut, you know, imbalance. Um, it'll show things that's going on with your liver. Uh, if you grind your teeth at night, all of these things. You, I always ask people to send me a picture of frontal of their tongue and then both sides. Um, so yeah, people said go and study it, and I, I looked at being an NHS dietitian, but I was like, a lot of this data is at least forty years out of date. Don't agree with it, and I found this course online um, in New York, and I went and did that for two years, and then here I am. The course, and was it teaching anything you don't already know? Yeah, there was a, they taught you over 100 dietary theories. Um, there was big names teaching you there, because you can actually go and sit in and do it in New York. Um, so Dr. Mark Hyman, Deepak Chopra, Sahara Rose, um, Dr. Vale, all of these big pioneering functional medicine people were teaching you. So I taught, I learned a lot. A lot. A lot. A lot. Like three days just on vitamin D. And then you've got the whole reference library as well to go through. Three days on vitamin D? Yeah, three days study just on vitamin D. Should everybody be taking vitamin D? Get your levels checked and see what they are. That's a good answer. How often do you get your bloods checked? Um, I would recommend everyone to like bash your GP and get them done at least twice a year. It's good to get them done when you feel great and then get a copy of it. Always yeah. get a copy. Yeah. They're like 10p. Yeah. Or, or you can just do it on the app if you want. And then get do it when you don't feel great and then see what the difference is. Because quite often the GP or the receptionist say, oh, you're, we, you're within range or you're within range for your body size or your age or for a woman or... For a black woman, well, no. I want to be in my best optimal range, not within range. And that range, for example, vitamin D, is anywhere from 25 to 200. So if I'm 26 or 100, I'm going to feel a little bit different, right? Just a bit. Yeah. Do you just work with women? No. I work with men. My youngest client, he just turned 12. He was 10, 10 when I started him. What sort of him? Um, he had irritable bowel disease. Irritable bowel disease, not yeah. irritable bowel syndrome. No, it's, he had actually had a disease. And he was really, really sick. And that affected his mental health and his anxiety and all of these things. And not being able to go to school. He's actually probably one of my favourite clients because he just... Be like, yeah, but why am I doing that? Why have I got to do that? What's that doing to my body? All right, then. Yeah, okay, I'll do it. So he's from Yorkshire? Yeah, he's from Yorkshire. Right. Proper, proper, proper lad. So where is he up to in his um, 
His inflammation markers in his gut have really reduced, his medication's near enough nothing, and he's back in school. How do you get your inflammation markers checked? GP, or now there's so many places you can go, yeah, there's yeah. private clinics that you can yeah. go. Rather than spending, I don't know what people do, 50 quid, 100 quid, or whatever on your trainers, yeah. go and get some blood work done. Yeah. So, what is your goal? Liberty Mills right now, what is the goal for you? I want to educate and empower so many people because, you know, quite often I've had clients go back with, I always give my clients medical, um, links to medical peer review studies, and then they can go back to their medical team, GP, whatever people under their, you know, outpatients at hospital and say, but there was this study done in 2021 that says this. Why am I having this? Shouldn't we be looking at this? Because once you feel empowered and you become part of your medical team, you've got more chance of winning. And that's, was that the big thing for you? Yeah, I think whenever people are ill, well, I felt really disempowered and also... Not all doctors, but quite a lot, have this, like, God complex that they know everything. Mm. Well, if you haven't kept up with everything and you graduated 15 years ago, you're out of date 15 years. Or you've just gone down, you know, we're a whole body. So if I'm going to see you, I don't know, arthritis, you're not going to look at my gynecology, but they're all interlinked. You know, your mental health linked to your gut, you know, it's, but then you'll just see, you know, a psychotherapist or a psychiatrist, but they're not going to be looking at everything else that's going on in your body. Hence why you so want to keep the word integrated. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It really is important. Yeah, maybe not everyone's going to understand it, but for me, yeah. it really is important. And once people start working with me, then they get it. You know, I've had two people who've worked with me over the past four years that have got it so much, they've gone off and done my, they've quit their job and gone off and done my course. So you've got a course? No, the course that I oh, did, that sorry. Did. That I did, yeah. Mint that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How do you feel about that? Do you ever give yourself the time to be proud of yourself or not? <clears throat> Some, you know, I'm, I'm not famous, I'm not a, a celebrity who's now a biohacker or any of those things. And, you know, we all look at social media or whatever or TV and I think, oh, I'm not there, wherever there is. But then someone will send me a card and say, you've really changed my life. Or I came to you for this, but now it saved my marriage. Or, you know, I've got babies out there when people were told they should have a hysterectomy that they're never going to have a child. So I have to remember those wins. And now can you look at yourself in the mirror? Yeah. <laughs> Which is the biggest thing, is it not? Do you know what the biggest thing is? So two years ago, well, I moved up here four years ago, back up north after being in, in London, and two years ago, my old modeling agency said, oh, why don't you come back and do a bit of modeling? And I was like, well, I haven't modeled in years. They're like, oh, well, you know, if you get a job, you get a job. If you don't, you don't. 
and um, I got booked for two skincare campaigns and one was without any makeup on at all like not even any mascara or anything no concealer and um, I got back to my hotel and I burst out crying because I was like I can't I literally can't believe this is happening like someone's booked me for my skin and before that wouldn't have been there or if I you know I went and did the leg press yesterday and I sent not that it means anything to my mum but I sent my mum a screenshot and I was like mum I weigh 60 kilos but I've just leg pressed 135 like you know 12 years ago I was using a Zimmer frame I had to have a lever to get me out of bed. And now I can do that. What's your daughter said about it all? She's really proud. Is she? Yeah. But it does hurt. It hurts me that she had to see someone go through that. I don't know, though. It's just like things happen for reasons, don't you? And her to see yeah. that, well, if my mum can do it, then so can I. If ever time you're not there and, you know, times get bad, well, if my mum can do it. Yeah. It, well, it's that leading by example. She got... Because that's any... low that you've been out there, isn't it? Yeah, That's well, like she... depths. Yeah. Low that. Well, she had meningitis at 17 and um, lost 50% feeling on the left side and couldn't read, write, lift a kettle, anything in the middle of her A-levels. So she's like, what you went through gave me the determination that I could get through that. Sick that, isn't it? Yeah. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. Not as famous on what's it or look at no. how many followers I've got, all that crap. It's that it's them moments, isn't it, that really, really matter. Yeah. And there was a stage in my life where I couldn't look at myself in the mirror because I, I was kind of selling myself out a little bit, but I'm really proud of the man that looks back today. And I'm just like, I understand somebody doesn't want to look in the mirror. It's a, it's a, such a massive part. I think there's a lot of people out there who can't look at themselves in the mirror. It is. And, and with, on my journey, I became a Buddhist. And I'm an Ashir and Daishonan Buddhist. And what you do is you, you chant this scroll, this strip, scripture, but it's meant to be a mirror, a mirror of yourself. Yeah. So not a higher yeah. entity. And it is, and we say you polish the mirror every day. That's what you do. So you oh, polish that and, and, you know, try and be, bring forth your own Buddhahood and see it within everyone else. So you've gone back to Daoism? Mm, yeah, I have in a way, yeah. I've followed my whole, my whole Buddhist Because he's always calling you. Yeah. So how, how often do you practice then? How often do you practice meditation? Is it an every everyday day. practice for every you? Every day. So what, what day. are you doing? What is your practice? Uh, I get up, well, you chant, you chant Nam Yo Ho Renge Kyo. Yeah. Um, and you just chant it over and over again. Then you have How many times do you do that? I'm not the Should there be a certain set amount of times, like 108? No, or... no, no. Like, it's recommended a good half an hour or, you know, realistically I do 20 minutes in the morning, five minutes at night. Mm. At night I'm just trashed. Yeah. But there has been times where I've done hours if I really, really wanted something or to focus on something. What else? What else do you do? Um, that's it. Uh, so this morning, for example, I had a bit of a rough night last night. My, I've got a four-year-old who decided she wanted a cup of herbal tea at 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. 
Is that a good thing or a bad no, thing? No, well, yeah. it's a bad thing. I like my sleep. You have to get up, go make a no, I'm tea, thinking about having back. herbal tea in the, in the, at two oh. o'clock in the morning. So. I don't know, she's just a weirdo. Yeah. Um, so I woke up this morning, my alarm goes off at half five, and I was just like, oh, I don't want to get up. So I went on my acupressure mat, did a meditation for... The one with the spikes? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, love yeah. it. Right. I literally love it. You just lied on there for how long? 20, 25 minutes. Listening to a guided meditation. What is the sort of what what happens with them spikes when they go in? What 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 it, what they, you they're actually going doing? on all the little you know your little acupressure mass, yeah, yeah. Um, points and they're stimulating the circulation. So that's probably why it's quite good to do it first thing in the morning. And I brush my teeth standing on mine as well. So you basically enjoy the pain. No. There's pain in that. It's it's, it's not painful. It. Just make you feel alive. What are some of the services that you offer people then? What are you, what, what, if someone was going to get in touch here and just saying, what are people, problems have they got that getting in touch so with? So my main ones is fertility. Yeah. Because, um, at, how old was I, like 43, I was told there was 0.7% chance I could have a child with my own eggs, even with IVF. So like, so like you've got one dead ovary and the other one's only got a few follicles. And I was like, well, I'm doing my course. And at the moment, the module I'm doing is on hormones. So I'm going to give myself a go and practice on me and my partner and see if, you know, what they're teaching me does make a difference. Have what you- do you mean practice on you and your partner? So I wanted to improve his fertility fitness as well as my own. Yeah. Because like, it's like baking a cake, right? Yeah. All the ingredients matter. Yeah. And then within, I think it was about four months we were pregnant. And I What were you doing? What kind of thing were you doing? So I used to do, so I changed all my exercise round. I used to go to the gym five, six days a week. I used to do um, Brazilian, is it Brazilian? Stick fighting. Yeah. I used to do that three, four times a week. So I lowered all my weight, stopped the stick fighting, did things like swimming, started yoga. So that's slow flow. So you did more sort of feminine? Yeah. Right, okay. That um, I looked into certain Indian um, adaptogens like Shatavari, Ashwagandha, started doing meditations, upped my protein massively. So I started eating properly then, like chicken, loads of fish. With him, no alcohol, no partying. <laughs> really changed our sleep schedule of when we went to bed. So going to bed, even if it's a Wednesday night or a Saturday night, within the same half an hour to keep you in that same flow. Because basically a lot of us like, oh, it's Saturday night, it's Friday night. What are you going to bed at 10 o'clock for? It's Saturday night. But basically, then you, you're basically jumping ahead to Greece or, you know, you're going into a different time zone. And your body doesn't like that, does it? We've all had jet lag. No, at all. Exactly. You're like, what's going on? So, he's doing that, you've done that, and then four months later... I was pregnant and I gave birth to my daughter two weeks before my 45th birthday as a geriatric mum. In inverted commas. Yeah. Weird, isn't it, how people label you like that? Mm. You're a geriatric mum at 35 now. Really? Yes, I, I don't know what I was. So that's got, to be a big, that's got to be a big service that people come to you for. Yeah, that's a big one. Prepping for IVF. I didn't realise then a lot of my clients were coming to me pre-IVF. 
Um, so now that's on my website as well because it makes sense. If you're going to invest your one free op, you know, chance. Yeah. Quite, quite often people just get one option on the NHS. Just because of the price, like? No, no, because you may be eligible for one free session in the NHS. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's it's different each postcode, depending on your right. age, if your partner's had a child, all of these And things. if you were going to do it private, how much does that cost? It's like seven. Eight thousand, thousands, yeah. Per time. There are places that do it cheaper, but then you add on all the drugs. Average, I'd say, around the country, you know, seven thousand. Yeah. So if you're investing that, but your BMI is out, or you've got candida, or you've got inflammation in your body, or your partner's still drinking, vaping, or your partner's got two percent sperm morphology, which is the shape of your sperm, a lot of men. 40 plus the shape of their sperm isn't that great in the uk at the moment or the sperm isn't just going straight up to the egg it's going like this or it's just vibrating they've got it but it's just like hanging out and doing a little dance it's not going anywhere so i get them swimming in the right direction and get more of them in in the the lovely shape so so then when you go in for your IVF or your natural fertility, you've got more chance. So, for example, like the scale is uh, for morphology, the way the sperm should be shaped is between 4% and 14%. So, I get guys coming to me a lot 2%, 1%. That's all they've got. And then I can get them to, I had one guy 0% going to 4%. I got one man 2% to 10%. How are you testing someone's sperm? I don't. I send them to the GP or a private clinic. They come back with their sperm results and then we work out what's going on. And they show show you pictures of the sperm? No, it's not the sperm. (laughs) They don't show me pictures of the sperm. What we we doing here? Yeah, but how do you know the shape of it? (laughs) Because you've got overall sperm count. I don't know. So right, I know, right? I've got so I've many no books on sperm. All. My eldest often texts me, what are you doing? This I'm is going, probably the first time I've talked about sperm. <laughs> you should get your sperm checked, right? Even if you don't want children. Yeah. Because that's a really good indication of your overall health. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. So listen up, chaps. Right, sound. Listen to that. So, what else? You do that, which do is that. amazing, isn't it? Yeah. That is like a Because that you can really, you you can, you can improve the sperm quality and you can improve egg quality. You can't improve the amount of eggs a woman has, but you can improve the quality. So there's that. I deal with the menopause. Why do you say it like that? Because like everyone's talking about the menopause. Like it's like a big buzzword. Okay. Um, the menopause. The menopause. Um, so I help ladies transition a lot easier and work out ways that are going to support them. Um, um, I'm probably going to get shot for this, but what is the menopause? What is it? It's just another, it's just another tr- trans. So officially, right, there's two definitions. So officially it's either one to two years after a woman has no longer had a period. Mm-hmm. Okay, so no longer a bleed. But I can't remember what the lady's called. 
um, but there's a doctor and I really believe in what she says, it's a hormone deficiency. So you're going to be lacking in estrogen, progesterone and testosterone. So that's all it is. Those, these, you have a dramatic drop of these hormones. It's like you'll lose um, muscle mass as we get older. That's that's why ladies are more, we have less estrogen, we're uh, more likely to develop, you know, less muscle, uh, ost- I can't say the word, I'm dyslexic, osteoporosis. Osteoporosis. That's it. Yeah. So it's helping women go through that transition. People who've got who've got IBS or P- I have loads of businessmen that are just like I've got a PT, I'm eating well, I'm doing this, but I can't get rid of my gut. Or what do you say to them? I say, okay, let's have a look what's going on in your life. Let's have a look what you're eating. What's your poo like? What's my shit like? Yeah, I ask people what's your poo like. I've even asked people to send me pictures of the shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we all do it. I hope you all do it. You would do, but I'm not, I've never sensed a picture of my shit before. Yeah. But it does make sense. It's really good. So with my four-year-old, I'll, we look at her poo every day and I say, what's going on with your poo? And she'll say, oh, mummy, because she's really got a strong northern accent. Mummy, I've got cracks in my poo. That means I need more water. I say, yes, you do. Oh, I need some more more vegetables because my, my, poo, my poo's not... In, in a snake poo. Is that what you're looking for, a snake poo? Yeah, you is, want it, a snake poo and a clean poo, so when you wipe your bum, there's nothing on the tissue. Snake poo. That's a snake poo. Snake poo. Right. And number four is... That is the ideal poo. It's a beautiful poo. Right. Check your poo and check your wee. What am I looking for in my wee? You just want it to be like... At the end, in the morning, you want it to be darker because it means you've detoxed everything out of the yeah. night. And then throughout the day, you just want it to get paler. Like clear? Clear, you're just weeing out water, aren't you? You want it to have a slight... A blush. A blush of yellow. A blush of yellow. Right. Well, I didn't know that. I'm talking about sperm, piss and shit. That's <laughs> my daily thing. It's important though, isn't it? But I it think, uh, you know, all of a sudden, like, talking about menopause, I'm like, don't want to talk about, I'm talking about, I don't want to talk about sperm, don't want to talk about shit. And really people need to lean into this and be all right talking about it. Yeah. Your poo is going to tell you so much about yourself. So just look at it. It'll give you a little guide. Or if you're not, like, also, I, so at the beginning of coaching, I used to say, oh, what's your poo like? And people say, oh, I'm quite regular. Now I say, no, no, no. I want to know, I send them the bristle stool chart, say, pick out, tell me what number it is, and how What's often this you chart? go. What do you mean? The what bristle ch- stool chart. I've never heard that. What the fuck is that? It's been around for donkey's years. Google it afterwards and have a look. The bristol. Bristol stool chart. Stool chart. Bristol as in the place, stool as in your poo. Yeah. And it's a chart. And it gives you, like, sloppy, all the different colours, Maltesery things. They even they even do one that's like different chocolates. What? Yeah, there's even one to make people understand. So I think I think a number three is like looks like a flake, and a number four is um, I don't know like a timeout or something. A timeout. There's a problem if it's a timeout. <laughs> a fucking timeout. Yeah. 
You don't want Maltesers either, because or a lion bar. Can you imagine it was a lion? Like, bar. Oh yeah, then that that probably a lion bar would probably be a number three. Right. Slightly constipated, but the you're British all right. The stool chart. This yeah. is online. Yeah, it's everywhere. And it mad that I never ever heard about that before. Get on it. So, the fertility thing, amazing. Menopause thing, amazing. And people come into you when they've got IBS. They kind of. I think there's a lot of people that go to the gym and stuff. I just can't get rid of that last bit and stuff. And yeah. That last bit is usually diet, isn't it? Yeah, and it, it's not it's not just diet. So I, it's like, what's right for you is going to be completely different to me. Yeah. So all these people are like, yeah, I'm paleo, I'm keto, I'm fasting, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm like, but is it right for you in your circumstance and your given goals that you want? And so that's why I think it's important to work with a coach because they can look into your own individual life. Because you've had you've had a different upbringing to me. Mm. You know, you're a man, I'm a woman, you're white, I'm brown. All of these different things are, are you know... All factors. Yeah, exactly. I was a big partier between 15 and 19. You know, I lived in Japan, ate loads of low-grade sushi yeah all of these things have got factors some people just give you one size fit all don't they and i really i really think but that's why, dangerous why are you then a nutrition coach or are you a wellness coach what it's so hard to insert somebody asks you what do you do well, to me every it is but everything is nutrition the way i talk about myself yeah you know i used to say i don't know i like trying to find a car parking space here. Ten years ago, I couldn't find one, and I, and I would be like, "Oh, Liberty, you're so stupid. Why can't you just do this?" Like I'd talk negatively to, to myself. Yourself. That's nutrition. That's bad medicine going into your body. You know, you talk negatively about yourself, or you get stressed. You know, you, you see, you get that gut feeling. Mm. You, the t- you know, the taste in your mouth will change, the saliva in your mouth will change, all of these things. So that's going to affect your food choices. It's going to affect how you eat. It's going to affect what you eat. And it's going to affect how you absorb it. So it's all nutrition. Where did you get the word integrated from? Oh, my course, um, Institute of Integrative Nutrition, IIN. But nobody really uses that word, do they? They don't in the UK. They do in America. Do they? Yeah, it all comes back to nutrition, doesn't it, really? It is. Everything. The water, um, you know, everything. How much you're scrolling? When are you scrolling? Why are you scrolling? You know, I have loads... I have quite a lot of obese clients come to me. They've been to fat camp. They've had the the pen that makes you skinny. Then they've gone to get, or they might the have um, the pen. Yeah, there's a there's a, an injection that you can have. Oh, I don't really know about it. No. It's a diabetic medication, but now they're using it on obese people. It's from the NHS. I know, no. but that's not solving why the person's eating. What's going on emotionally? What hole are they trying to fill? And changing those habits in the mind. So I help them. So you've got to do that, haven't you? Go right back to the cause, even if it's going back to the womb. 
to then come back and then have a different relationship with the food. So no matter what you do, it's always with the eating. Yeah, it's with eating, sleeping, when we go to sleep, why we go to sleep, why do we drink alcohol, all of these things. Like, I don't really drink anymore. Hmm. And I used to be a right party girl. I can imagine. <laughs> well, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, the gut microbiome. Mm. I just didn't realise how, how powerful that was. Something I'm really sort of like thinking about. Well, the vagus nerve goes both ways, doesn't it? Mm. So it's like a, a highway, well, four different highways going back and forth. So now even they're using, um, what are they called? Psychobiotics. So it's like certain probiotics um, that people can take that can help with mental health. So if you think you've got a bloated belly, yeah. you're going to have a foggy mind. Nobody wants that. No, we all want to be sharp. Sharp. What's one of the things that... Um, to do with, like, fasting? What's your sort of, like, take on that? I know everybody's individual and mm. stuff like that. What is your take on it? I think it depends what your goal is yeah. and how you're fasting. Mm. So, Because I only eat once a day. Oh, okay. Um, but it just works for me. There you go. Yeah. And it's about what you're But I still don't know time. if that's good or not. I've just done it because I'm, like, I'm going to say lazy. Yeah, I'll say lazy. Right, and it's efficient. I don't, it bores me eating. Right? So, See, I, get, so I get to eight o'clock at, well, let's say seven, so I'll eat something at seven, something massive, and then that's it. Whoa, and then when do you go to bed? Um, About half eight. Yeah, yeah. So you eat at seven, yep. and then you go to bed at half past eight? Yep. Okay. Well, I can tell from your face right now that that's not a good thing. Right? I don't really think that's because good. Because you've, do, do you've you? got that look that my mum usually looks at me when I've done something wrong. A lot of my men say I'm like a nagging auntie. I won't say nagging, but you've got that look out. You're like, fuck, what have I said? Well, just think, right? The body needs to break down that food. And it needs things like insulin, it's going to affect your cortisol, but then you need things like melatonin to fall asleep. Hmm. They're all not meant to be working at the same time. I am out like a light. Yeah, because your probably body's like, frig, God, that's food stuff, just can't do much more. But do you wake up feeling like bang? Depends on what I've eaten. All right, there you go. Maybe do start doing a food diary. Working it out. Just write down what you ate. It's not a lot for you because you only mood. do one meal. And what mood? What mood you are. Do a mood score, zero to ten. Energy score and focus score. And just I, do that. I do, a, I do, a, do a focus score. Like, are you on it? Like, clear, laser, focused? That'd be ten. I probably, throughout times in the day, go from a seven to a nine. You know, and then just just do that, and then after a, a month, like four weeks of doing it, you'd be like, okay, well, when I eat that, I'm not as on it the next morning, and when I eat this, I'm laser focused. So then you can adapt your food intake. So you're saying I shouldn't be eating an hour and a half before? I wouldn't recommend it. Six o'clock. A good three hours before. Three bed. hours. Yeah. 
So I finish always eating at seven and I go to bed around 10. Okay. It depends on what your goal is as well. So with the fasting. Um, I'd like to be laser focused. Yeah. Um, unbloated um, and non-lethargic. There you go. There you go. So try and move your meal a little bit earlier. Okay, done. Okay. Um, is there anything else that you offer apart from that condescending look <laughs> when things aren't going your way? I'm a good old way? cheerleader. So all of my, so I do just one-off, one-to-ones. Like say I did you for an hour. Yeah. I would recommend, I'd look at what you eat, what supplements you take, what your expectations are, what you need from your mm-hmm. life, like running your company or um I'd ask for you to do certain bloods so we could work out how yeah. to optimize them. Um, but then there's people say they're like, oh, I've got gut issues or I only go to the toilet every other day. or Every other day? Yes. Yeah, some people are like, I'm regular. And I said, what's regular to you? And like every other day or every two days? Shit. Well, yeah, no. No shit. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> or they're like four times a day. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, so those people I do 12 weeks with. Yeah. Um, if it's an anxiety or it's managing stress mm. or um, an autoimmune disease or people are just like, I'm just exhausted all the time. I'm living off coffee or um, menopause. And then I give them recipes, um, data to understand why I'm asking them to take maybe magnesium three hours before bed or L-theanine 30 minutes before bed. Um, so they can understand I will when they want to slack off or the you know something's not going quite right during that week I'll give them a call text I'm just like that condescending look condescending look nagging auntie yeah people need that though don't they they need to kick up the ass, don't yeah, they yeah people need to kick up or they need to write good telling to sometimes like some of my men yeah I'll really give them a good old telling to and I think I've either lost that client or I've really got them Right. Yeah. Or some people just need that more gentle encouragement or, you know, some people don't have the confidence to go to the gym just at that moment. So I'll get up at, I'll work out with them at six just for 20 minutes every morning. Like, come on, like, well, you can do this. Look where you were before. So I'll, I'll do whatever I can to get someone to where they want to be. How can people find you? How can people get in touch with you? I'm on Instagram. I'm mills.liberty. You put your surname last. First. Mills.liberty. It's because someone stole my oh, my old Instagram. Some weird man in Buffalo, so I couldn't get into it. That's anymore. weird. Yeah, freak. Freak. Um, or Integrative Liberty, which is my website. Not just your name. No. Let's talk after this. Okay. <laughs> which might have made more sense, because you're a brand manager and I'm not. Thank you, Mills Liberty, Integrative Liberty, um, whatever the fuck you're called. It's been a pleasure and an honour. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.